the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Nine thirty-five. Now the Bob France Authority continuing on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. My apologies for beginning the show in such a cryptic manner today. Um, it was intentional, but what, but it wasn't intentional. It was intentional to bring to light the horrors that have just been legalized in the state of New York. Um, it was intentional to display for you the unimaginable celebratory nature of those who passed it as they gave standing ovations as the governor signed that law allowing babies to be murdered literally right up until the moment of their birth. And in fact, during partial births. Um, it was my intention to do all that, but uh, it was not my intention to put a cast a pall over your over your morning. But in truth, as I tweeted that photo last, or excuse me, Facebook and tweeted that photo last night of the smiling child who said, "I was born at twelve o five and the caption beneath it saying, "However, in the state of New York, it was le- it is now legal to murder me at twelve o four. As I tweeted that and and Facebooked that yesterday, my statement was what it is now. For those uncomfortable with truth, I'm sorry, I can't help you. We need to hear those truths. So it may have uh, maybe dragging down your morning somewhat, as may be my tone, but uh, I cannot help you. These things need to be known, and we need to react to them, and we need to, need to do so uh, emotionally, and we need to do so actively. We cannot give up that fight. Uh, Dr. Everett Piper joins us now. Dr. Piper, uh, uh, thank you so much for coming back on with us. Dr. Piper is the president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. I scheduled a conversation with Dr. Piper uh, about a couple of other matters before the New York situation happened, so we're going to ask him to talk about a little bit of everything this morning. Doctor, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks again for having me on. It's a pleasure to have you on. Um, I want to get to this first, and then we'll talk about children after they are born and uh, what parents are uh, and are not allowed to do, according to a couple of stories that you and I uh, mentioned in passing uh, 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 digitally. Uh, what happened in New York is, is one thing. For it to be celebrated is another. And a third story that I did not even get to yet, uh, Dr. Piper, and I'd ask for your reaction of, is faith leaders, faith leaders are gathering together to bless abortion clinics, suggesting that accessing and providing abortions are godly decisions. This is coming to my state here in Columbus, Ohio. Um, can you can you tell me uh, a little bit about what in the world is happening, where we are casting God aside and just embracing the evil of the destruction of human life? Apostle Paul, St. Paul, in his letter to the Romans said, when you exchange the truth of God for a lie, when you start worshiping the created rather than the creator, you are given over to a reprobate mind, and you won't be able to think yourself out of a paper bag any longer. You will lose your mind, and that's exactly where we are. 
We're worshiping the God we see in the mirror. These faith leaders are not worshiping the God from without. They're worshiping the God from within. They're not worshiping the God that is clearly defined in Scripture, Genesis to Revelation. They are worshiping the God they see in the mirror every morning. It's the original sin. They have uh, obtained knowledge by eating of the forbidden fruit, and they, therefore, are smarter than everybody else. They're smarter than God. They've risen up to define good and evil because they don't need any outside standard, any measuring rod outside of themselves to do any measuring. Power trumps principles, and they are in charge, and they will decide who should live and who should die. They will decide what is life and what is not. They will decide what is human and what is inhuman. They will decide what is male and what is female. They will decide the sacraments of the church, what marriage is and what marriage isn't. They are in charge. They are the powerful. They have the reprobate mind. M. Scott Peck called it the diabolical human mind. Graham Walker called it the, the pathology of the intellect. The brighter you are, the more prone you are to worship yourself rather than God. Um, very well explained and very well received, uh, Dr. Piper. Um, how does that help us? What do we do to protect the unborn? What do we do when those who worship the God within, as you say, and the God they see staring back at the mirror are the ones in power, when they're the ones in the New York State Legislature, when they're in the governor's office in New York, when they're the ones signing these bills into law, um, allowing the destruction of God's uh, God's greatest creation, which is human life? Um, I, what, do we, what do we do? Shine a light on their lunacy. Shine a light on the lunacy. Don't become salt that has lost its savor so that you're thrown out and nobody cares and they walk on you. Be salty in a culture that's rotting. Be light in a culture that is desperately dark. Trust the truth to set people free. Shine a light on the lie. Do what Dietrich Bonhoeffer not to speak did. Not to speak is to speak, not to act is to act. Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. God will not hold us guiltless. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Do what William Wilberforce did in the 1700s, fighting the British slave trade, where he recaptured and recovered and reclaimed and revived the definition of what it means to be human. We forget that the reason Wilberforce won, after 25 years of fighting in the Parliament, 25 years of losses, 25 years of defeat, he finally won on his deathbed by doing what? Reclaiming the definition of what it means to be a human being. That the British government could not dumb down the definition of the human being to their own construct. That God had defined the human being not the government. That's the way we win. And by asking rhetorical questions in the face of this lunacy of abortion, your, your point is exactly right. If you can kill the kid at 12.04, why can't you kill the kid at 12.05? Nothing has changed. It was still, it's still the same thing. Nothing has changed other than 60 seconds of time and location. The child moved from X location to Y, and the child is 60 seconds older. So why can't you kill this child now when you could kill this child 60 seconds earlier and just being in a different location? That's the rhetorical question that needs to be asked. I've got a story, I don't know if you want to take the time, where I asked that question of a student once, and the shocking response I received from the student. No, please tell me, what was it? Okay, I had a kid that was pro-choice, and I challenged her, and I said, pro-choice first trimester, yep, woman's right, right to choose. Second trimester, yep, woman's right to choose. Third trimester, woman's right to choose. I said, great, you're being logical, consistent, good for you. Tail end of third trimester, 60 seconds before birth, I literally asked that question. Yep, woman's right to choose. Last question. 
60 seconds after birth, you find out that the kid is Phil. Now, Phil was a student on our campus that had cerebral palsy. He was navigating campus in a wheelchair with a joystick. I said, 60 seconds after birth, um, you find out this baby is Phil. Woman's right to choose, and the student looked me in the eye. A Christian college student looked me in the eye and said, yep, woman's right to choose. You know what I said? Nothing. I just stared at this student with an incredulous look. I said nothing because her worldview just imploded, and she knew it. The only reason she said that is she wanted to win the debate. She was being logical. She was being consistent. She carried her broken worldview to its logical end, and she was caught. I was just quiet. Like Jesus was quiet when he said, do you want to pick up the first stone and throw it? I was quiet and let her worldview implode as she just left my office. Do you think there's a day we're going to be there based on the path we're on right now? Do you think that 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, it won't be 60 seconds before? It will be 60 seconds after? It will be a period of minutes designated by some higher power, governmental that is, that says, you know, the mom still has a chance. If she she really, really does not like this idea and she carried it through, she has until... You know, five minutes after to change her mind, and they can do something to uh, to end the newborn pregnancy. Yes, and this isn't alarmist. This isn't chicken chicken little. The sky's falling. This isn't hyperbole. The answer to your question is yes, but I would correct you in this one measure: your okay. time frame. It's not five, ten, twelve years. It's five, ten, twelve months before we are there. Why? Because the logical end of this worldview. How can you claim that you can kill this human being 60 seconds before and you can't kill it 60 seconds after an event? Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed other than the location of the human being and a few seconds of age. So why wouldn't it be logically and legally uh, permissible for you to make the same decision now as you would have earlier? And Peter Singer from Princeton has been arguing for, for this for years. He's an ethicist for Princeton. Many of our elites in Washington, D.C., and in our liberal churches follow Singer in terms of ethical decision-making. And Singer has been arguing for what he termed post-birth abortion for years. This is not a surprise. I've been warning of it. You've been warning of it. Others have been warning of it. And we've said, oh, that'll never happen. Well, here we are. It's not going to be five or ten years. It's going to be months before we're at this point. Wow. I I did not know about this particular professor, and I'm going to have to look more into that. We are talking with Dr. Everett Piper. He's the president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University, the author of Not a Daycare. Um, My my daughter was in D.C. on Friday at the March for Life, along with a contingent of her Catholic school uh, classmates. And, of course, we all saw what happened to the Covington Catholic school kids who were there as well. And I know, Dr. Piper, you had some thoughts on this as well. A lot of people have been saying this is a, this is much larger than just those kids from Covington. This is an attack on Catholicism in general. These kids had a number of strikes against them, by the way, in the way they were treated by the media. They happened to be white. They happened to be wearing red hats. And they happened to be Catholic or Christian. Um, and those are things that just simply cannot be tolerated. Uh, and that's why the media let loose on them. Some are saying this is a part of a larger assault on Christianity that is just getting underway. What do you see? 
no question. This isn't about the Covington kids. This is about Kavanaugh. This is about the Knights of Columbus. This is about the Catholic Church. This is about Christianity in large. This is about a biblical worldview being unacceptable to the elites, to the power brokers, to the people that are going to silence any opposition. This is a, this is a story about ideological fascism. You must comply, and if you don't agree with our ideas, with the government-sanctioned ideas, you will be silenced, you are verboten, you will be expelled, you will be excoriated, you will be shut down. This Covington school issue is not just about kids that were standing there with a hat that people didn't like. It's about setting them up, trying to encourage them to respond in a negative way, and good for them, they didn't. This young man that stood in the face with, of, this, uh, in, of this effort to incite him to a negative reaction should be commended. He shouldn't be condemned. He should be celebrated for being the adult in the room, rather than these adults that were trying to get him to react negatively. Good for this kid, but I agree with you 100%. This isn't about Covington. This is about anti-Catholic bigotry, and it's about anti-Christian bigotry that's running rampant in our culture right now. You will be silenced, is basically the message, and we're not going to confirm anybody to the court. Oh, shame on anybody that would suggest we could confirm anybody to the court if they actually are going to celebrate this Catholic religion. There are other stories behind the scenes, you probably covered them, that these kids were being screamed at by people calling them papists, um, they were calling them uh, cannibals, they were calling them incest children, they were calling them, I don't know if I can say this word on your show or not, the uh, the F word, not the one. Right, the one that rhymes with maggot, yeah, I, I usually say the yeah. F word that rhymes with maggot is, is there what you I go. do it, but yeah. Now, how in the world can that not be the story, rather than, oh, these kids were wearing a red hat that happened to celebrate the, the uh, candidate that won the presidency? This is shameful. Dr. Piper, I've got time for just one more question. I wanted to ask you about one of the stories, again, you and I corresponded over, and that is the, uh, the Equality Act being championed by the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, which essentially would first and cause more parents to lose custody of their kids if uh, they refuse to indulge in the children's psychological confusion uh, about what their gender is and about what their sex is, if they refuse to indulge and allow these children to pursue transition from one sex to another and rather try to have counseling for their children and so on and so forth, um, courts are deciding these parents are not fit to raise these children and they are taking children away. Um, how, how desperate is this situation, Dr. Piper? It's uh, uh, counseling uh, in uh, Denver has been made illegal. In New York City, it's been made illegal. And now you've got Pelosi and even in your state arguing that um, this should, any time that you want to provide counsel, they're calling it conversion therapy, and they're making everybody believe that this is the uh, discredited practice of electroshock therapy if somebody is prone to a sexual behavior that the parents don't like. That is nonsense. That's not what we're talking about, and they know it. It's a ruse term. This isn't about conversion therapy. It's about reparative therapy. It's about your child having an inclination or a desire or a behavior towards something that you think is unhealthy for that five-year-old child or that 10-year-old child, and you being prohibited as a parent to get counseling counseling for that kid to behave in a manner that you as a parent think is morally 
and physically and spiritually and intellectually healthy for that kid. And you're going to be told, no, you can't get that counseling. And if you try to get it for your 5-year-old or your 10-year-old, we'll take your child away. And this is not hyperbole either. Look at the Equality Act. That's exactly what's going on. Dr. Piper, there are human beings, there are adults um, who who are, are mentally confused about their identity and who literally think that they are dogs, they are canines. Now, these are few and far between, these cases, but if you search them out, you will find them. They live their lives on the ground, they eat out of bowls, they feel like they are dogs. If a child begins to exhibit that type of behavior, um, would it not be a parent's obligation to get them therapy, obligation to try to obviously, uh, uh, you know, repair the damage or whatever it is that has been done to their psyche or their psychological makeup to make sure that they realize, no, you're human, you're a little boy, you're a little girl. I cannot imagine anyone not getting treatment and, and therapy for their child in such a case. Why would they not do it if the child thinks they are something else that they are not, whether it be female or male or whatever the case might be? Well, here's another example. There's a movement out there called transablement, where somebody thinks they're an amputee or somebody thinks they're blind, and they think they were born to be blind, but they actually have sight. So some of these people are actually asking the medical doctors to remove their eyes or to remove uh, their right arm, for example, if they think they should be living as an amputee. Right. Is this right? Is this right to have a doctor remove your arm? Is this right to have a doctor remove your eyes because you have a dysphoria, a confusion where you think you were born an amputee? Well, I think everybody listening would say, oh, no, that's absurd. Nobody should be cutting off their arm just because they think they are an amputee when indeed they're not. Well, if it's wrong to cut off one appendage, if you will, because that's uh, a psychological defect, why would it be wrong to, uh, right to cut off other appendages just because they're related to your sexual appetites? Again, the the lunacy of their agenda comes to light if you just ask the rhetorical question accordingly. That is a brilliant analogy, and that is a very, very good point as well. Dr. Everett Piper, president at Oklahoma Wesleyan University, and you really need to read his book. Uh, It's called Not a Daycare. Uh, Dr. Piper, it is a pleasure to talk with you, as always, about these very important matters, and uh, especially when it comes to matters of faith. I'm going to be talking to a pastor coming up in my next segment as well, because I think we are at a very dangerous tipping point when it comes to faith in our society and what we are going to be allowed to do to be able to to maintain it. Uh, And Dr. Piper, I thank you for your contribution to that. Blessings. I have just been denied the the purchase of a product at Oklahoma Wesleyan University because the vendor won't sell it to me because of my views that I've just expressed on your show. Wow. Okay, we need to talk about that sometime. Let's do that. I can't buy this product because they don't like my Christian views. We will do that sooner rather than later, Dr. Piper, and I thank you so much. Uh, 953, the Bob France Authority, right back after this. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.